listening to Pet Candy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Simply Pets, and I'm Shannon Gregoire. Today, I have my fantastic co-host, Tatiana Rogers, here with me today, and we're bringing on a very special guest who is changing the veterinary industry one little tech tracker at a time. Let's welcome Stephanie Young. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie Young, and I am the CEO and co-founder of SkyPause, where we are revolutionizing a way to save pets' lives through an advanced in-hospital vitals monitoring system. Woohoo, girl! Look at you go. So, tell us a little bit about your background. Like, where did you like grow up or get this idea that you're going to be an entrepreneur? Being an entrepreneur uh, wasn't something that I had considered initially. This all started whenever I was working at a veterinary clinic back in my hometown when I was 17 years old. At the time, we had a pet come in, and I will never forget his name, Charlie. Charlie was coming in for a routine neuter, was a perfect candidate, super healthy, and was great for anesthesia. The surgery went without a hitch. After the surgery, the veterinarian told me to place Charlie in a kennel, so that way the veterinary technician could check on him every 10 to 15 minutes. Not but five minutes later, I was starting to do my closing day tasks and I was mopping the facility. And as I was mopping, I walked by and noticed that Charlie was unusually still. Knowing something was off, I called the veterinarian over. Charlie wasn't breathing. At that moment, the whole clinic flew into a frenzy. Charlie was being pulled out of the kennel. The code kit was being pulled out and the veterinarian performed CPR. But sadly, Charlie had passed away. And I think one of the hardest parts of that situation was sitting with the veterinarian talking to the owner saying, I'm so sorry, there's nothing more we could have done. And so at that moment, my initial thought was that my veterinary clinic just couldn't afford that kind of advanced technology to be able to monitor around the clock. Um, But as I did more research, there really wasn't a specific technology for veterinary veterinarians and general practice owners just in a hospital without being in the ICU. So at that moment, I decided to create my own version of the technology for a science fair project. We did pretty well in the the state of Texas, uh, but as soon as I decided to go to college, I figured I wasn't the archetype of an entrepreneur or or an inventor or an engineer. So I decided just to take my hands off of it and pursue something else. At the time, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but as I was talking with potential vet school recruiters, and bringing up this technology that is, they told me that maybe that's not where I should be headed as vet school. Maybe I should be helping veterinarians and helping pets throughout a different route. And so I decided to pick SkyPaws back up again in July of 2018. And here we are. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the technology. So is it like a, um, an affordable way for clinics to be able to monitor their pets? I know you said that price kind of seemed like maybe your your clinic couldn't afford such technology. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So uh, the device itself is not ready for um, launch just yet. We're starting all of our testing phases currently, Um, but price point wise, it'll be very comparable to what veterinarians already pay for similar lower cost technologies like thermometers and other ECG equipment. Our device is completely reusable. It measures three vitals currently, and we're working on a fourth one right now. Uh, It measures heart rate, temperature, and ECG, all in a two and a half inch disc. And so the veterinarian can uh, place the device on the patient to get a quick wireless TPR, 
or they can um, secure the device to the pet using a licensed kinesiology tape that we're using to be able to monitor their vitals for up to 12 hours. Oh, wow. So it's like a wearable then, a wearable technology. Almost, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so cool. So how does it obtain the vitals? Like what technology do you So the heart rate and um, temperature sensors are similar to the sensors they already have in the veterinary practice. Um, but the veterinary practice only has a singular sensor, so just a rectal thermometer or just ECG plates. Um, but this is all condensed into one device. Um, we are using a novel technology for our uh, ECG obtaining of information. We are using aluminum plates, which has started to be used in the human space, but we've decided to bring it to the animal side as well. Wow, that's really cool and like very like ingenuitive of you of, to like make this little device that actually you can like put physically on a pet, which is really awesome. But I heard you say that you weren't the archetype of an of an entrepreneur. What makes you say that? At the time, I really wanted to go into a medical type profession. I was very much inclined to do the nine to five type job. Uh, I didn't think I could start a business from scratch. It just felt like a mountain that I had to move and I had no equipment to do so. But being able to be a part of the Veterinary Entrepreneurship Academy through Texas A&M, as well as a lot of their startup programs, I was able to take those tools that they taught me and slowly but surely start chipping away at that mountain to the point where I am today, where we're starting to begin our first fundraising round to be able to get this product um, to launch. That's amazing. I'm actually in the VEA this summer, so that's pretty funny. <laughs> yes, it is such a wonderful program. Um, have you seen other products in the market right now that address similar issues as SkyPaws, or is this like the new and only one? So SkyPaws is not the only one. We have a couple competitors that recently launched a couple months ago that measure the same vitals, but they measure in different ways. Some of them use a camera. Some of them um, use a special harness with um, sensors applied to it. But I feel that SkyPaws can bring a great resource within the niche rural community industry um, just because we're keeping our prices low and um, we're able to give those kind of veterinarians access. Uh, those specific vitals information. That is really cool. I think that you saw the, so SkyPaws is essentially able to work on small animals and large animals as well. So we're starting our testing with small animals, specifically dogs, and then we'll make our way to cats. Um, cats can be a little bit difficult because they have this mechanism in their skin where they can tighten it, which might mess with our sensors a bit, but that's all about calibration, which we can totally do. But we plan to expand into larger animals. And with the device concept, we're able to potentially take the device as we have it now and place it on larger animals, such as pigs, cows, and horses. We don't claim to be able to completely measure that yet. It's all calibration, but um, in theory, yes, we can move to non-aquatic mammals. <laughs> Wow, that is so cool, especially in Texas, because I, I went to Texas just a couple um, weeks ago. And wow, you Texas A&M folks, you all are like the super the superstars of their neighborhood. It's just, you know, the agriculture there is huge. So I think that's really cool that you, you know, saw that need in, in the vet in vet med and developed sky pets. I think that's just really cool. <laughs> Thank you. It, uh, it's definitely been a journey and I'm at the best place for it here at Texas A&M University. <laughs> I don't think SkyPods would have flourished anywhere else. <laughs> I was going to ask you what other um, trends have you been seeing in veterinary wearables? Because this is something that hasn't really been explored yet very much. 
You know, uh, I always like to say that the veterinary industry is about 10 to 20 years behind the human medical industry. Um, we're making our way up there, uh, but I think with the uh, recent pandemic, um, which we're still technically in, but there has been uh, such a call for telemedicine and at-home care that um, has really accelerated that growth, kind of like the uh, industrial revolution of the veterinary space. So as we see you know, more caution around pathogen transmissibility and we see more calls of pet owners to be more catered to at home or being able to see their veterinarian through their computer, wearables are going to become a lot more important so that way the veterinarian can get an accurate assessment of a pet from miles away. Yeah. And even, you know, freeing up space in the veterinary clinic, if someone can have this device on them and be sent home to be, you know, in a less stressful environment to heal from a procedure or surgery or something, it can be a lot better for the patient and it can free up space in the clinics that are increasingly packed right now. Right. And I especially see a use case with it with hospice patients as well. You know, vitals monitoring gives a direct insight into pain progression and disease progression. And so a lot of hospice veterinarians sometimes don't have the money for this large bulky equipment that takes away from this very tender end of life process. And so to have a fear-free type device that is non-invasive can really help that pet owner gain that closure as well as uh, get that veterinarian the information they need to know to make the pet more comfortable. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hi, this is Shay, and I want to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy, Cooking with Shay. I make vegan eating easy and fun. Check it out on Pet Candy TV. I guess my thoughts are, what, is your, what are your family's thoughts on, on the shift from becoming a doctor to now becoming an entrepreneur, both of which are incredible, nor mutually exclusive, I do want to highlight, but what are your family's thoughts on, on this whole process and journey of yours? You know, they knew I didn't want to get into human medicine. Um, I grew up watching my dad perform surgeries and kind of shadowing him. But to me, humans were kind of icky. <laughs> so I felt that uh, animals were kind of my next best option. But as I, there, there were many times that I thought, you know, maybe Sky Paws wasn't it and that I should just keep trying to be a veterinarian, which veterinarian and veterinary school is not off the table completely. But as a shift to an entrepreneur, I realized that I'm completing the mission that I had always sought to complete, which was to help medical professionals, whether they're for pet medical professionals or they're human medical professionals, and help their patients as well. You know, that's not just a narrow category of prescribing medicine or performing surgeries, but um, to make a veterinarian's life easier, to make the flow with the work of the veterinary technicians easier, as well as saving pets' lives, just completes that whole goal of mine. Um, so maybe vet school in the future, maybe not. But either way, my goal is to keep helping veterinarians and their patients as well. Yeah, I mean, it's never too late to go to vet school. But, you know, if you having a fulfilling, enjoyable life, like in the veterinary space with your amazing product, then, you know, that could be what you want to do, too. But what I was going to ask is, did you like get someone to create the technology or like how did you actually get a physical product out of your idea? Yeah, so we went down a winding road for that one. I start so for science fair. We had a small student team. Um, I had a little, I had a science fair partner at the time uh, who was really great. But as he went off to college and I went off to college and different colleges, it just didn't work out. 
Initially, I decided to add a minor to my major of cybersecurity so that way I could take all the coding classes that I needed to be able to get to that next step. And so once I kind of finished up the science fair version of the device, I brought Dr. Brianna Armstrong onto my team, who is now a veterinarian who recently graduated from Texas A&M's veterinary school. I brought her onto my team and she told me that there's so much more capabilities that we can add besides heart rate and oxygen saturation, which is what I had on the initial device. And from there, we brought on some other student engineers that went on pretty well for a while until, you know, we kind of capped out on information and resources. So then we moved to an engineering firm called JSL Innovations, and they were able to bring us to our uh, alpha demo devices that we have today. Wow, that's amazing. Quite a a teamwork story. Absolutely. So what are other long-term plans for your device? I know you were saying your initial was oxygen saturation and heart rate and things like that. What is next? First, that's going to be added to SkyPause. Yes. So um, oxygen saturation is currently getting integrated right now. And by version two of the device, we want to have respiratory rate figured out as well with our own different algorithms. So version one of our device is going to be specifically catered towards brick and mortar veterinary facilities and research institutions like veterinary schools. Um, or any places that test on animals to to get some medical research done. Our phase two will be that transitional phase between the brick and mortar to direct to home, which would be telemedicine, veterinary hospice, mobile practices, or use as a prescription tool, like you would use a halter monitor. And then phase three would be direct to the pet owner, so that way they can get more information on their pet besides the current accelerometer type data that's out there. That's really neat. So is your device like powered through an app or a website for tracking? Yes. So right now the software is web enabled and the veterinarian could change the thresholds of the heart rate and temperature to be able to alert the veterinarian if the pet were to go outside of that threshold. As we move further down the list of where we plan to go, I definitely see app enabled technology coming soon. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, Having it just in the palm of your hand is crazy to be able to (laughs) check your pet's vitals when you're at the grocery store, (laughs) you know, just so you can keep an eye on them. That's awesome. Is there a certain story, like a success story with SkyPods that have happened so far that really sticks with you? There is this one story that I think kind of renewed my passion for what I was doing with SkyPods. I was, you know, it was the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic last July, and I was kind of hitting a wall production-wise. You know, a lot of startups took a big hit with this pandemic. Um, A lot of the plans that we had had for accelerators and funding and all the stuff had just fallen through. And I was very concerned about whether or not this is what I should be doing. I think I got really wrapped up in the business and numbers and metrics side that I really lost sight of the real mission of SkyPaws, which is to help save the lives of pets and to make veterinarians' lives easier. I have my own dog. Her name's Atassi. She's a little miniature pincher, um, about four years old. And here in College Station, heat waves are no joke. Um, We were in the middle of a heat wave, and I had let her out for about five minutes, which was typical. She had never uh, gotten heat exhaustion or anything whenever she was out there using the bathroom. But this particular day, she found a squirrel. And my dog... I I can say this for pretty much any dog at this point. When you find a squirrel, it's game over. You're pulling the leash, you're taking off, whatever's going to happen, you're going to get that running furry chew toy. And so she had found a squirrel and unbeknownst to me, she had chased the squirrel around the yard and cornered it. She really wouldn't hurt a squirrel, I don't think. She's never actually caught one. So I 
she was always too slow to catch one. So I was never really concerned, but she cornered the squirrel and I had walked outside to start calling her back in to get her some water, cool her down, that kind of thing. And I just remember her looking over to me and then just collapsing. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. Uh, my first instinct was to just grab her and bring her inside. My first thought was that the squirrel had gotten to her or there was some other type of snake. I had no clue. Um, there were no scratches or bites on her. And so at this point, a week prior, I had just gotten the latest SkyPaws prototype. And so I said, what better of a time to try this out than on my own dog? So I set a tossie down um, on my bathroom floor and attached this, you know, I like to call it kind of a octopus prototype. It was just to make sure all the sensors were accurate. So um, it definitely wasn't the prettiest version of SkyPaws, but it was very functional. And so I put the SkyPaws device on a tossie and her temperature was 109 degrees which as y'all know, each stroke starts at around 106, um, sometimes even less if you, don't, if you account for humidity. I called my co-founder and uh, my co-founder said, hey, I've had dogs come in with a lot less and still not do well. Using that information from the SkyPaws device, I was able to cool her down to a stable temperature before I could take her to the ICU at uh, Texas A&M Small Animal Emergency Hospital. And she stayed there for two days, which if any pet parent has ever had a pet stay in even the veterinary clinic for more than an hour, um, that anxiety level is super high. So she stayed in the ICU for two days and she made a full recovery. And I, I was shocked, you know, with my co-founder telling me that not a lot of dogs make it through that kind of heat. <laughs> I talked to the veterinarian on staff at the ICU and I said, why am I different? Like what, what makes my dog different? You know, she had no right to survive all of that. I was grateful, but it was just confusing to me. I had told her everything I did leading up to getting to the emergency room. And she said that if I hadn't used the SkyPaws device and acted as quickly as I did, a Tossie wouldn't have survived. And to know that my dog was the first dog that the SkyPaws device saved, it, that light bulb moment clicked. And I said, no, this isn't for the business. This isn't for the numbers. If I can save one pet's life, whether it's a pet owner's pet, whether it's a patient in a veterinary hospital, whether it's just making a patient comfortable in a hospice setting, it's worth it. Regardless of whether SkyPaws makes $1 or a billion dollars, as long as at least one pet is saved and one pet parent gets to express that relief, what I'm doing is right. And so that's my personal story, I guess, with SkyPaws. Wow. What a story. Well, it looks like SkyPaws has already fulfilled its mission and has at least helped one pet. And I'm really excited to see how many more it's going to help. I mean, it seems like it's going to just solve so many problems as far as, like you said, helping the vets, helping relieve that burden in the clinic and helping the animals just heal in a more comfortable environment. I mean, we know that, you know, stress definitely contributes to how things heal. So that's cool that it can be used to heal in a low stress environment at home. So... That's really cool. When you did this for your science fair, was it a concept? Was it, did you have something drawn? Like, how is it that you came to the science fair? So uh, I started out as a concept. I knew I wanted to monitor vitals live time and be able to alert the veterinarian. That concept has been the same from the beginning of SkyPaws. The implementation though was very different. You know, and thinking about it now and how far we've gotten prototype wise and device wise, 
I could not imagine what I developed for that science fair ever getting farther than a science fair. Um, so at the time, it was a paw clip. So it had all the sensors kind of on the head of the clip. If you could imagine a clothespin with sensors, I think that's the closest thing that I could uh, compare. It started out with a paper prototype and then I bought a clothespin and uh, again, my parents were in the medical industry and I may have committed some theft to take their pulse oximeter and try and dissect it, which wasn't the best idea, but I kind of taped that to the clothespin. And then as we got a little bit further down in the research process, our school had just bought a 3D printer, which is really cool, especially for a super small high school. Um, I graduated with 30 kids and so it's super small, but we had a 3D printer, so I was really excited. And so we had kind of put it in CAD and like developed it and created a housing unit for the side. It was, I still have all the prototypes. And so it's really cool to see the generation of them, but that that's about as far as it got. Um, it was still pretty wired, which defeated the whole purpose of a non-wired product. Um, and my whole idea was that when the pets were just waking up from surgery, we'll clip it in their paw webbing and then we'll wrap it with the IV so they can't get to it. In theory, that was amazing. In practice, when I used this prototype on my own pets, uh, who were not anesthetized, they were fully awake, they did not enjoy it as much as I thought they would. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hi, I want to tell you about my new show, Simply Pets with Shannon Gregoire. We talk about pets, life, love, and everything in between with the coolest people on the planet. Don't miss out on the fun. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can only imagine your little min pin running around with this device on her foot. Like what the heck is mom doing to me? <laughs> yes. At least with this new device. Uh, disc shaped device, uh, putting it on her as soon as it's on her, she knows it's modeling time. If you've ever visited the Skypods website, she is all over it being a hand for the camera in the new Skypods gear. So earning her keep, huh? Now that she's the first Skypods patient and survived her ailment, she now has to be an advocate. Um, which not saying I only got a dog to be able to test the device, but no, I love her. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. I was going to say, I see a modeling future for her. <laughs> oh, she loves it. I did not think I would ever have a dog that would have such a personality and that would love posing for the camera. I think somewhere deep inside, she knows that the Skypods device is what helped her survive. And so she's kind of paying it back. But I also think she really just enjoys the treats I give her when she's on a photo shoot. Tell us a little bit more, maybe like what a typical day looks like for you as an entrepreneur. Like what are things that are stressful or challenging and what's your favorite part? Yeah. So uh, recently, my favorite part has been I finally have an office. So I, this is where I am now currently. I never thought I would have an office. I've always worked from my bedroom or the nearest coffee shop uh, here in College Station, but that got really old quickly and coffee shop Wi-Fi isn't the most reliable. But luckily I met Shelly Breckman, who is one of my lead business advisors. I met her back in January, this past, this past January, yeah, somewhere around there. And she has started an accelerator program here in College Station for businesses of post-graduated students. 
and I am able to be a part of it, which I'm so grateful for. It's a former headquarters of a nutrition company called Nutribolt. And so I'd like to think it's like a Google looking headquarters. I mean, I haven't been in a lot of headquarters before, but I think it's very tech techno and super cool. I'm very modern, but I get my own office space, which is very exciting. There's conference rooms. It's like a WeWork. I'm so, so excited. But um, lately that's been my day. I haven't reached a point within Skypaws where I've gotten paid yet. So I still have a part-time job working at Dutch Brothers here in College Station. So my typical day looks like I get up at 7 or 8 a.m., get to the office, and then work until 4 p.m., and then go close at my job at from 5 to midnight. So it's very busy, putting in a lot of hours, but it's so worth it. Um, I love working for both, and meeting-wise and schedule-wise, when it comes to being in the office, it's different every day. Some days I'm full of meetings from 9 a.m. to 4. Um, Other days I'm working on Excel spreadsheets and, you know, Google Drive. I think that's one really cool thing about being a founder and not not even being a CEO, but being a founder is having your hand in every single thing in the company and being able to learn on the fly and start wearing different hats. I know I'm not an engineer. I wouldn't give myself that title, but... I know how to code and I know how to do some 3D implementation in CAD and I know how to do some of those things to be able to understand it. I am not an accountant by any means or a financial officer, but I've had to do taxes (laughs) and I've had to create balance sheets. That's not the fun part for sure. I'm not a lawyer, but I've written our patents. A lawyer's checked them over for sure, but uh, I did a lot of the work there. Being an entrepreneur and like having my hand in each of those has been such a gift that I know that even if Skypause doesn't make it past this point, I'm so grateful for every single thing I've learned along the way and be able to implement it to my next company or my next product or my next job, whatever that would be. Previously, you know, I just graduated in May. I was doing part-time job Skypause and school plus school organizations and stuff on top of that. The amount of time management skills and the amount of quality of time versus quantity of time that taught me um, has been invaluable. That's what my typical day looks like as an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah. So my hat's off to you, girl. Like that's quite a hustle. Like that's awesome. (laughs) So what advice do you have for the entrepreneurs out there as an entrepreneur yourself? What advice do you have for all those aspiring? I've gotten some really good advice um, along my route and surrounding myself with good people that just don't write me off the moment I mess up. Um, Being an entrepreneur means that you're willing to take these big risks, which that's the first step. Kudos to you for that. I had a very thin skin when I started as an entrepreneur. Um, If someone told me no, I just tears all the way down, ugly crying, full Kim Kardashian crying, you know, you know, I could not take no for an answer, which created a drive for me, but I took it personally. And, you know, you're going to get told no a lot and you're going to mess up a lot and you're going to fail a lot, but those times that you don't, those times that the code finally works, that it finally runs through without an error, the time that your 3D print comes out and it doesn't look like a blob monster, the time where you write something legal-wise and it goes through and actually gets approved, those moments are just what make it worth it. And if I were to give some piece of advice, I could you know, talk about things that I've kind of struggled with recently. Um, When they tell you to start a company, they tell you how easy it is to begin with. Um, They don't tell you that behind that easy first step, the next 10 are really, really difficult. And it's really easy to get focused on how difficult it's going to be and how long it's going to take. And, you know, 
Rome wasn't built in a day and neither will your startup. You know, it's something you hear a lot, but you don't actually believe it until you're trying to move that mountain without any tools again. One thing that has been very important to me has been making time for myself. It's very easy when you're an entrepreneur to blur those lines of what's work and what's not because it becomes your life and it does consume you. And one thing I've really had to learn is setting some time aside. I am one of those people that if I'm into something, I'm into it 100%. There's no in between. But I've learned really quickly that that's the fastest way to burn out. And I think founder burnout is one difficult thing to go through and two can lead to a lot other things mental health wise. And I'd be lying to say that I haven't been at a point where, you know, the thought of taking my own life or the thought of hurting myself hasn't been there. But I am so, so thankful for the community that I've surrounded myself with, going to therapy, taking those steps to reach out to other people. Because as y'all know as well, within the veterinary industry itself, mental health is such a taboo topic still. It's not talked about. And we lose a lot of veterinarians every year just because there isn't that outlet or there isn't that perceived, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. And in entrepreneurship as well, it's really easy to see that founder burnout. It's easy to see, oh, my company's not going anywhere, which means I'm not going anywhere, which means I'm not worth anything. And it's really easy to get tunnel visioned and really easy to not find a way out of that. And I've been there. (laughs) You know, it hasn't always been easy. And being an entrepreneur isn't easy. Being a veterinarian, I'm not a veterinarian, but I'm just in the industry and I know it's not easy, much less thinking about being a veterinarian and how much more difficult it is, but make time for yourself. Find that one thing that just trumps everything else, um, whether that's a religion, whether that's family, significant other, um, your pet, but just prioritize those things because those are the things you don't get back. And I'm coming from a family where, you know, work was very prioritized and both my parents are medical professionals. So, you know, we didn't get a lot of that quality time like you would see in like a typical nine to five type family situation. Those are the moments. Those are the people you don't get back. Um, The company will most likely always be there. Your ideas will always be there. That would be mine. Get a therapist. They're great. They're amazing. Um, And make time for you. Yes. I have a meeting with mine right after this. (laughs) (laughs) But um, wow, thank you for being so open and honest and sharing your truth because, you know, it is rampant in this industry, entrepreneurship industry and veterinary industry. So, you know, I guess it's just huge to even open up the conversation and let people know that they're not alone, you know, so and they've got a community behind them. Yes, we are all rooting for you, (laughs) Stephanie. What about... Um, your support system during, you know, all these struggles and hard times, like who has been like those people for you? Yeah. So I always have to start out with my mom. Um, she has been there from the very beginning, um, not just my birth, but <laughs> the very beginning of any concept or idea I've had. Anytime I've been hitting a wall with sky paws. And I say, you know what? I'm not capable of this. I can't do this. Um, she's the first one to say, yeah, you can take a breath, go get some water, hydrate. She's the first one I can lean on to. And I know that I always can. I would also say, you know, my sorority sisters here in college station, they have been instrumental. They heard my very first pitch um, before I ever went to a competition. They have always been by my side rooting for me. What sorority? Uh, I'm in Delta. I was a member of Delta Zeta. I'm now an alum. Oh, that's amazing. I was Tri Sigma. 
Oh, I love that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just always being by my side. And there, there were plenty of times where they sat with me in a car crying at three in the morning because I was just overwhelmed or felt I couldn't do something or thought because I was spending too much time in the company that I couldn't graduate because I wasn't studying. There were many other reasons I wasn't studying, but uh, those are <laughs> different conversation. But they were there for me. And I think most of all would be my current boyfriend, which is hopefully soon to be fiance um, between me and the world. He has always been in my corner and always reminds me every day about how capable I am and how determined I am and how strong I am. Um, it's really hard to step back and see how much you've grown when you're in it. But to have someone that's constantly rooting for you beside you and, you know, letting like pulling you back and saying, no, 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 look, you didn't think you could talk in front of one person. Now you're talking to 45 investors at a time in one pitch. But to have him there has been absolutely instrumental. Oh, that is so sweet. Shout out to Delta Zeta of Texas A&M for putting all your uh, support behind this young lady and to this amazing boyfriend that you have, Stephanie. That's so sweet. I'm so glad he's doing that for you. That's amazing. Yes. His name is Andrew, Andrew Calhoun. He'll probably be listening to this later if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, I would hope so. It's your podcast guest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to Bay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hey, pet parents. This is your favorite lifestyle guru, Renee Michelle, and I'm excited to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy. Join me and make some cute pet stuff. Talk about life and love and everything in between. Check out the Renee Michelle show on mypetcandy.com and let's have some fun. All right. Well, Stephanie, I think this is a good point to stop. Today, we learned so much about what it means to be an entrepreneur and um, about your new product. And I'm just really excited to see it go out and, and change lives and really help people in our field. So thank you so much for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule <laughs> to come chat with us. Yes, we are rooting for you. And before we close out, how can our listeners learn more or, you know, if they want to get involved investment-wise? Yes. So if you want to get involved, our website is www.skypausedevice.com. Um, there we have a contact us page. So if you want to reach out and learn more, want to have a phone call, potentially want to contribute, whether it's as a potential beta tester in the coming months or as an investor, you can contact us through there. I'll be checking that periodically. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, we have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook. Those should all be at uh, SkyPauseLLC. Awesome. That's amazing. We will put that in the comments below for our followers to check it out. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. That was so amazing. Thank you guys all for listening to Miss Stephanie's story today. We are so inspired and so thankful to hear her story today. And we can't wait to see what her and Skypaws can do for the veterinary community and your pets. So if you guys want to be a beta tester or interested in the business, we'll put those details in the comments. But and a special shout out to Tatiana Rogers for joining me as my guest host today. And this is Simply Pets, and I'm Shannon Gregoire.
It's Pet Candy. Pet Candy. Pet Candy. It's Pet Candy Radio.